Welcome to Living Well. I'm your host, Greg Horn, and I'm here to help you live a better life by sharing leading research, insights, and big ideas in the fields of science and everyday practice that matter most to living well. We respect your time and strive to cultivate your interest in all facets of living well, so each segment will be swift, short, worthwhile, informative, free, and truthful. Today's topic, part of our Living Well series, is sleeping well, specifically how to improve your sleep quality and get the most out of your sleep time. Sleep is when our bodies and brains relax, detoxify, and recover, and research confirms that you need enough sleep to look, feel, and perform at your best. You can expect many benefits from getting eight hours of sleep every night. In addition to eliminating your drowsiness and improving mental focus through clearing out toxins at night, there are also many immediate and measurable benefits. One is improved brain function. Brain plasticity is the ability of the human brain to grow and change, developing new synapses and connections to deal with our changing environment and experience. It's learning new things. Sleep, particularly rapid eye movement or REM sleep, seems to be closely linked to brain plasticity. REM sleep and slow wave sleep play crucial functions in forming memories, particularly procedural memories, such as learning how to do something, and complex or emotionally charged memories, which are remembering facts. In adults, REM sleep happens at different phases during the night, but they're not evenly dispersed. Most REM sleep happens late in the sleep period. So if you're missing two hours of sleep per night, you may be missing out on half of your proper amount of REM sleep. Remember, this is the stage that's most crucial to learning, creating new memories and possibly fending off conditions like dementia and Alzheimer's. Another benefit of sleep is maintaining a healthy weight. Sleeping more can help you weigh less. Besides the obvious benefits of having more energy and desire to exercise when you're rested, there's strong evidence that not getting enough sleep triggers your body to put on body fat. Short sleep duration has been shown to increase the amount of ghrelin in our bodies. Remember that ghrelin is a hormone that our bodies make to tell us to feel hungry. Without ghrelin, we don't feel all that hungry, even if we need to eat. And with lots of ghrelin in our systems, we feel hunger, even when we have plenty of energy. So it is a very powerful part of our hunger response, and it looks like not getting eight hours of sleep a night makes our bodies create more of it. Amounts of sleep and ghrelin are inversely proportional, so less sleep contributes to weight gain and obesity. The National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey is a major study conducted by the Centers for Disease Control. It looked at 8,000 people over the course of two years, and then again three to five years later. The study found a conclusive link between low sleep and obesity, even controlling for other factors. Compared to people who slept seven to nine hours per night, people who reported sleeping just six hours per night were 27% more likely to be obese, not just overweight, but obese. Those who slept just five hours a night were 73% more likely to be obese. Not sleeping may be a more effective route to obesity than overeating although they really do go hand in hand. Real evidence shows that weight loss won't kick in until you get start getting eight hours of sleep a night, seven nights a week. If a better ability to manage your weight and mood are not reasons enough to get more sleep, consider that losing sleep equates to losing dollars. Through lost productivity, lack of sleep is costing us a remarkable amount of money. 
A study of employees at four U.S. corporations found that, compared to people who get good sleep, those with insomnia and insufficient sleep had significantly worse productivity, performance, and work safety outcomes. So lack of sleep makes you fatter, less productive, more distracted, and grumpier, not to mention the many tangible ill effects it can have on your health. That doesn't sound like we're getting much net benefit for the extra hour or two of television or internet time we squeeze in at night at the expense of sleep, does it? So what practical steps can you take to get more high-quality sleep? First, make an appointment. If you don't make time to sleep eight hours each night, it simply won't happen. Most likely, you're already set a wake-up time for each day, so simply count back eight hours and set your bedtime as well. It's simple math. If your alarm is set for 6 a.m. and you haven't gone to bed by midnight, guess what? You're not going to get the eight hours of sleep tonight. It sounds simple, but there's no getting around it. Most people schedule their wake-up time but neglect to schedule when they will go to bed and turn off the light. This is a very simple adjustment, but one you must make. Otherwise, you're constantly falling into the trap of one more thing to do. So give yourself a bedtime that's eight hours before your alarm clock that is set to go off and stick with it. This gives you the possibility of getting adequate sleep each night, without which all the other actions you take can't possibly work. Now, while you're scheduling your bedtime eight hours before the alarm is set to go off the next morning, I'd also encourage you to set it for the same time every day, weekends and weekdays. There's nothing natural about a five-day work week. Our bodies have no mechanism for a certain schedule for five days and then a completely different schedule for the other two. Just like animals, what our bodies seem to like best is consistency. Waking up later sets a pattern of going to bed even later at night, which can become a vicious cycle. Consistent sleep-wake cycles, on the other hand, set up a virtuous cycle where your body naturally knows when to wake up and when to fall asleep, making both of them easier. You spend less time waiting to sleep at night and get out of your bed at your chosen time without feeling groggy or needing the snooze button. Once your body becomes used to a consistent sleep-wake pattern, you might not need an alarm clock at all. Second, lower the lights. Our bodies need a certain adjustment period between night and day if we want to easily fall asleep. Even if you set a regular eight hours of night aside each day for sleep, if you're bathed in the light of a computer or a smartphone or a TV until the moment you hop in bed, sleep will elude you while your body acclimates to the idea that the day is done. To fall asleep, we need to promote melatonin production. Daylight signals our bodies that it's time to stay awake. Even small amounts will do this, so it's important to minimize these. It takes at least an hour of dim light for melatonin levels to begin to rise. The thing you absolutely want to avoid is placing the backlit screen of a tablet or similar computer right up to your face, where all that light completely halts melatonin production before bedtime. So starting at least an hour before bed, lower the lights in your house. Turn off lights in rooms where you don't need them, this hour before bed can be a mini digital detox. On my computer, I use a, a free program called F.Lux that matches the color spectrum of the screen to the outside natural light shades that are happening in sunlight. And Apple smartphones and tablets now have a brightness setting called Night Shift that eliminates much of the blue spectrum. And both of these make a tremendous difference for me on nights that I have to work late and then try to get right to sleep. Once you go to sleep, your bedroom should be as dark as possible. 
Even the light from a small clock can interfere with your melatonin production and reduce the quality of your sleep. If you can't completely darken your room, an eye mask to block all light can be extremely beneficial in increasing your quality of sleep. Third, limit caffeine. There's a lot of research to suggest that caffeinated beverages like coffee and tea and yerba mate have many positive benefits for our body, and even caffeine itself is good for most of us. So I'm not recommending that you cut it out completely. However, depending on caffeine to get you through the day is a symptom of insufficient sleep. And having too much caffeine during the day, especially late in the day, can exacerbate sleep problems. If you wake up with the sun and need coffee to feel like you can function properly, it's probably an important sign that you're sleep deprived. But you'll get better quickly as you get more sleep. Every person has their own caffeine threshold, but as a rule of thumb, stop having caffeine after lunchtime to make sleep easier. Fourth tip for good sleep, use the bedroom for only two things. Habits are extremely powerful drivers of behavior, and limiting your bedroom habits to two things, sleep and sex, can dramatically improve the quality of at least one of those, probably both. By reserving bed for these important things, you'll be psychologically expecting to go to sleep. Our body's expectations are very powerful, and they help us prime for certain actions. If you read or work or, worst of all, watch TV or use a computer in bed, you turn the bedroom from a sanctuary for sleep into a work and entertainment environment, and you diminish your body's association between bed and sleep. Fifth, sleep chemical-free. Almost all conventional mattresses off-gas chemical compounds, including formaldehyde and flame retardants, which you constantly inhale as you lay on the mattress. Apart from keeping you awake and making you sleep poorly, this really isn't good for you. In the U.S., mattresses are required to have flame retardants, and that's a requirement that dates back to an era when many people smoked in bed. Most of these flame retardants are chemicals which outgas as you sleep. Those are the ones to avoid. The good news is that there are some excellent newer mattress choices now made of materials like organic cotton and latex rubber that do not off-gas and are protected from fire by non-toxic coverings. On a personal note, I'll never forget the morning after my first night sleeping on an organic bed. I slept for nine uninterrupted hours for the first time since childhood. I awoke feeling as though I'd been on vacation for a week. I was totally relaxed and I was able to breathe more deeply than I had in years. Since that day, I've slept deeply and fully on my organic mattress, and when I travel, I can really feel the difference. The morning after sleeping on an off-gas chemical mattress in a hotel, I feel groggy and sick, even if I got enough sleep. A chemical-free mattress can be initially pricey, but they'll ultimately be well worth the cost of long-term health benefits. If a new chemical-free mattress is not in your budget, then wrap your mattress in a low-density food-grade polyethylene cover, which will help seal any chemicals that outgas from your current mattress. These are available online from a number of sources. While not as good of a long-term solution as a chemical-free mattress, it'll significantly reduce your exposure and is very affordable. As always, send your questions and comments to us at info at living-well.com, and we'll answer them on a future show. You can also join us on Facebook at Greg Horn Living, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen.